0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hour number three of the Bradford Show with Rob Bradford, WEI fame and fortune, and Mike Giardi, Comcast Sportsnet, and Jeff Goodman going to join us now on the line. Excited to talk to Jeff. Nobody knows more about college basketball. And, of course, when you start talking about the Celtics and the picks that they have and the number three pick and what do you do behind the Simmons-Ingram uh, I trust Jeff to, uh, to help me navigate this whole landmine Jeff thanks for joining
1: us what's up guys how what's going are you? On? I've trusted Jeff ever since we worked together we worked together a couple times Right, it's Jeff. Like
2: Forty years ago,
1: Rob. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I it Feels I, I, like it. That's hard since we're both only twenty-nine. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, school sports. We worked at, and then uh, Jeff did some work for us at WI.com. and he's gone on to great, great. Well, he was actually already at great, great things. But yeah, I don't was, know about that? When we, when we were at school sports, so school school sports was a high school <laughs> national high school magazine sort of thing. Who was the guy? Who was the most famous guy you ever did a story at there? We were above the minus muffler shop on Com Com Uh,
2: who did I did I do? I just remember the arguments with Luke Meredith about Kevin Jones and and Benson Cedric Benson Cedric Benson, Cedric Benson. yeah
0: Kevin yeah. Jones, Virginia Tech yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Virginia yeah.
2: Tech in Texas that was a that good was one a big argument that Luke just wouldn't give up. Um, I, I'm trying to remember like I just remember there. Kind Of getting that, that itch of like breaking news, that's kind of when it started for me. Was kind of just stumbled into it and, and started breaking news by accident almost when kids would like commit to big time schools. Uh, more basketball for me, and, and that's kind of how it all started. Ah, you, were,
1: you were good at it from the get go, but so, uh, so in, in, in that vein, who are the Celtics going to pick at number three? Oh, T- man. Tell me now.
2: I wish I knew. I'll give you, like, the five or six guys that I think Danny is going to choose from. No,
1: I want the guy who he's going to choose, not choose from.
2: <laughs> All right. I, gun to my head, if if it stays the way it is, I think he goes with Buddy Heald or Jamal Murray. Okay. One of those two. I would go with Buddy Heald. Now, again, I'm not overly objective about Buddy Heald. I've spent a ton of time with him. I went down to the Bahamas, spent some time with his family before the Final Four, I just love the kid's work ethic. I love how he's developed at Oklahoma in four years. I love how he can really, really shoot the basketball, and now he can score off the bounce. And those are two things that the Celtics need desperately. I think his upside is high because, again, of how much he's gotten better. He can help the Celtics now because he is 22 years old. He is high character. Lon Kruger, the Oklahoma head coach, Told me multiple times he's the hardest worker he's ever had in his career, and Lon's been doing this for 35 years. So I, I think those are the two guys that fit the most: uh, Jamal Murray, the freshman at Kentucky, who, who's very good but not a great athlete, really good shooter, kind of a combo guard from Canada. Had a great year this year. You know, the X factor in all this is is can you trade the pick?
1: Well, you know, do can... you do you do you think that okay? So that leads me to the next question. Sorry, Mike, I didn't mean to jump on you your show. You totally question. did, but go ahead. Oh, you want to go first? That's well, your show. Oh, that's true. <laughs> uh, as the spokesman for the Robert Farnsworth Bradford show, the next question is because it just popped into my head when you say, can you trade the pick? Well, is it worth, we were talking about this earlier, is it worth it to trade up to one and two? Are those two guys worth actually giving up some, something substantial for
2: I love Ben Simmons, but you're not getting there. You're not getting the number one pick away from Philly. Okay, You're just not. Ben Simmons has superstar potential. I don't know if he's going to be a superstar. I don't think he's going to be one of the top five or or so players in the league. But he's just so unique in a sense that what he can do at 6'9", 6'10", athletically, uh, seeing the floor. I've seen this kid play for three, four years. Uh, He doesn't shoot the ball at all yet which kind of is interesting because most kids, if you say, hey, you can't shoot, you can't shoot, you can't shoot, what do they try to to show you they can shoot, right? This kid never tried that this year. All he did, and he told me this, he said, listen, it's a higher percentage shot for me if I'm around the basket than if I take perimeter shots. So we don't know if he can really shoot or not. I've talked to several NBA guys. They say his shot is not broke, that they think they can fix it. Or with repetition, he'll get better. But, you know, he's got some... I'm not comparing him to LeBron. He's not going to be LeBron. But at 6'10", he's got the court vision of LeBron. You know, he's not the defender of LeBron. But, yes, Ben Simmons, if you could get to number one, I I would... Listen, I would package all three of these picks and give up a player to get to number one to get Ben Simmons.
0: And and you consider... When you're looking at next year's draft, and obviously there's no assurances, but it doesn't look like the Nets are going to be good again, that this would be the kind of guy, though, that you would put all those chips on the table. No,
2: I wouldn't trade next year's pick. I wouldn't. Absolutely no way would I trade next year's pick. Next year's draft is loaded.
0: So you're and, and when we say loaded, are you talking like five, six, seven guys at, that, at yeah, the front end of yeah, that that are?
2: deeper and, and, and stronger at the top. Like there's a kid, Harry Giles, coming into Duke this year. Now he's, he's coming off another knee surgery. But, you know, knee surgeries aren't that big a deal these days. Um, and this one's not as bad as the one of his sophomore year where he tore his ACL, MCL. But, uh, but Harry Giles going into Duke, is a, to me, could be a franchise player if he stays healthy, that good like a Chris Webb, Alonzo Morning type. Um, I'd sign up for that. Yeah, I, I, I just think and next year's draft has great point guards. I mean, there are scenarios here. I, I would not trade next year's pick no matter what. No matter what.
0: And now when you – when so you rule out jumping up to one, if yep, Philly wouldn't want to do that. Happen. What a, what a, what about two?
2: Nah, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. I I love Brandon Ingram, but I, I think Buddy healed um, – for what you'd have to give up to go from three to two, it's not worth it. It's not worth giving up a ton, and I'm not even sure that the Lakers would do it because you know to me, Brandon Ingram fits what the Lakers need uh you know desperately. they can play small ball with him, he played the four this year at duke it, it's just not it's not going to happen so they're they're probably stuck at three, or they could trade down to me or they can get a player, you know, package some. You know, the other option here is can you trade Marcus Smart? Okay, can you get enough value for Marcus Smart, who they, they kind of tinker with dealing last year at this time, and then draft Chris Dunn, the point guard for Providence? He's had a couple shoulder injuries. Uh, he's a redshirt junior, been in college for four years, had a really, really good uh, last two seasons when he was healthy. He's, he's better than Marcus Smart. He's he's faster, he's got better court vision, um, he, he defends in the same manner, he's just as tough. You can't draft Chris Dunn, to me, unless you move Marcus Smart first. Because then you'd have three point guards that are very similar in Chris Dunn, Marcus Smart, and Terry Rozier. Well, They're that... all shot-challenged, athletic, tough, defensive-minded point guards.
0: Jeff, there's there have been some stories in the last few days about... Uh, done not wanting to come to not only the Celtics, but the Phoenix based on the crowded backcourt situation. Is that any kind of, I mean, look, I get these guys, but is that any kind of red flag for you? Like who are you to say, I'm not going to come someplace. Like if Danny Ainge deems you as the third best player in the draft and he picks you just shut up and go there.
2: Yeah. But You know, listen, they're looking at it from a sense of we don't want him going there if Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier and Isaiah Thomas are already there. Uh, His agent, Ty Sullivan of CAA, he's a local guy. He knows the Celtics as well as just about anybody. I think if they move Marcus Smart, yeah, I think then it would be a totally different scenario. Um, But, yeah, these agents try to control. It's not the kids. I mean, like I went to the combine last week in Chicago, and the top 20 players don't really do anything. And people kind of hammer. Ben Simmons didn't go at all. And people hammer Ben Simmons. Well, he didn't even go to the combine. He didn't do anything. It's not his decision. The agents are telling these kids what to do. These kids are, you know, eighteen, nineteen years old. All they do is, is is The agents are the ones that have the knowledge, right? And and it's totally different than the NFL. I mean, the combines become a complete joke right now in the NBA, and something needs to be done about it. Although I don't know what they can do without putting it in the in the CBA. Um, so Chris Dunn. Yeah, they're trying to control where he goes, uh, get him the best situation where he can play right away, and that's not Boston right now with Marcus Smart and Isaiah Thomas and Terry Rozier and a lot of similar guys uh, there. I mean, listen, Avery Bradley, he's kind of a combo guard. He's gotten much better shooting the ball, but, you know, he's another guy that, again, is kind of similar uh, to all those guys I mentioned in a sense that he's defensive-minded, he's tough, he's athletic, uh, you need a shooter. They need another shooter, and that's why, again, for me, it would come down to Buddy Heald, who's the safest pick and also has really good upside. Two other guys we haven't talked about that I'll mention at least, Dragon Bender, seven-one, playing in Maccabi Tel Aviv this year from Croatia. Probably going to take some time, but certainly uh, a guy that's that's in the mix right now with Porzingis's, uh, the way he played this year and his success in New York, Certainly becomes more hip to take that that international guy, and then Jalen Brown, kid out of Cal, big strong wing, kind of in the Stanley Johnson mold. Stanley Johnson was a rookie at Detroit this year, Um, not a great shooter. I, you know, he fits because they need a big strong wing, right? But you know, like if you could have anything that they need right now, it'd be like a younger Paul Pierce. Hmm. Jalen Brown's got that body. But he doesn't have the ability to score the ball. He doesn't have the high IQ yet in terms of uh, you know decision-making with the ball and, and driving the basket. He was kind of a mess last year at Cal at times. But I think he'll be in the mix.
1: You know, Jeff, we talk about the college kids, and when we talk about this number three pick and trading him, the name that has been coming up is Okafor. So even though he's in the NBA now, only a couple of years ago you were – Probably covering him in high school. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, so the concern with Okafor, or there's a few concerns, but the main one is he's gotten into some trouble. What do you know about Okafor, and would you feel comfortable with them trading that number three pick and what, whatever else for Okafor?
2: Yeah, I, I would. Um, Okafor is a different dude, like really quiet kid, I just think the losing got to him, right? The losing and the heckling and all that. He had never lost, certainly at Duke, back in high school, and AU ball. He was always winning. So I think it was the embarrassment of losing uh, that kind of triggered it. And certainly he went out drinking too much and got into some trouble in Boston and other places. I think he's a pretty good kid underneath it all, uh, and and I would. i trade the number three pick, and I don't know, give me a scenario. i trade – Listen, yes, I'd trade all three first-round picks to get Okafor.
1: Well, would he? Would he be the number one pick this year?
2: Would he? No, Simmons would be one. Simmons would be number one. Would be two, and Ingram would be three. Um, I just think again, you get Okafor in there. He's a guy that you could throw the ball to in the post. He's not a big-time rim protector, but he still can protect the rim to some degree. He's better. He's significantly better than anything they have down low in terms of. Again, attracting double teams, opening it up for other – you know, he could be a good number two guy. I'm not sure he's a number one, but I think your number one you're hoping is going to be next year with a Nets pick, right? That, in my opinion, you're you're hoping to pick up two starters. This year's number three, next year's Nets pick, and then a third starter, hopefully, in free agency one of these two years. And I don't – listen – for, for all those fans that are thinking they're getting Kevin Durant or an elite-level player in free agency, it's, it's not going to happen. Ooh, yeah, I'd be shocked. There's two
1: people <laughs> who said
2: that today. Yeah, I'd be shocked. Yeah, Again, I, you know, to me, Kevin Durant's not coming here.
1: So who's the free agent? If, if you had to guess, you know, and we go down this road of you get the draft pick or you trade the draft pick for someone else, and you go and get the free agent, if Durant's not the guy, who's the free agent? Who do you think is a realistic free agent that
2: might come to Boston? I mean, I think you're going to have to overpay for somebody that's, that you're going to look at and say, wow, I don't think, like a Harrison Barnes. And you're going to say, well, is he really worth spending $25 million or something crazy for Harrison Barnes, who's a number four or five guy right now in the Golden State Warriors, who wants to be, you know, he might leave Golden State because he wants an increased role. This is a kid that was once the number one player in the country. He wants to see if he can be the guy. So I think he will go somewhere else, based on the opportunity to have an expanded role, I, I, just, I wouldn't pay that type of money for Harrison Barnes. I don't think that makes you significantly better. I think it gives you more of what you already have, which is mediocrity. A, a lot of good players, right? A lot of good players. You need great players. You need Isaiah Thomas to be the third or fourth best player. And well, when no- he becomes that, then you've got a team that can really make some noise in the playoffs.
0: Well, knowing Danny like you do – the, there's obviously a lot of uh fan pressure even though they love this team like all right we've waited yeah. ownership has promised fireworks the last couple of years there haven't been any um does Danny win that argument out? can he just say look we just have to be patient like you said next year's draft is better than this one we're probably going to be in the top five again with the nets pick um so stay the course win yes, forty five yeah, to fifty yes. games danny's Danny has that sort of sway with them that they'll they'll Say, you're right. This is what yeah, we have to do. Absolutely,
2: Mike. Like, okay. And that's, that's the right move to make. You can't panic now. I mean, listen, you've got a playoff team, and you've got two great chips here with a top three pick and probably a top three pick again next year, again, in a stronger draft. So, uh, yeah, you can't panic right now. You've got all these chips, and right now you've got to trade guys when their value is high. Okay, like that's the key right now. Can you trade some of these guys on the team that are – that are good players, again, not great players, and package them with some of these draft picks and either move up or get a better player. That's what you need right now. I mean, they can get a pretty good player with their second first-round pick. The depth in this draft is pretty good. where It's not high-powered at the top, but the depth is pretty good that they can get, hopefully with that second first-round pick, maybe a, a big they can develop that will take some time. Somebody, you know, even, even DeMontis Sabonis, Arvidus's son – Maybe he's there. I don't think he's there that late. But Deontay Davis is a freshman at Michigan State who's going to be really good in time. Marquise Chris, freshman at Washington, 6'9", athletic, can shoot the ball as well. So there, there's some guys in there that I think they could hit it with. But you've got to hit it with a number three pick. I mean, that, that goes without saying. You better get a guy that is a starter in this league for the next 10, 12 years with that number three pick.
0: Hey Jeff, we appreciate you dropping the knowledge. Great stuff! Uh,
2: You're making us proud, my friend. <laughs> likewise, good likewise. Good being on with you guys, and uh, we'll talk hopefully uh, as the draft gets closer. Awesome, afterwards. awesome, excellent. Take Thanks, Jeff.
1: Thanks, Jeff.
0: Jeff Goodman. You know, you know what I was. I found interesting. Obviously, there's a lot, there was a lot there, a lot of info, but a lot of people look at Buddy Heald, and they say, Huh, ah, like he's 22. He's played in college. Like this is what he is. Like a, he's a good shooter." but I don't know if he can defend, and can he come off screens? Can he create his own shot? And Jeff admitted uh, he has a yeah, soft spot. Yeah, close squat. to him, yeah. However, believing that there are things that this kid can can get better at and that, as he said, and I, it's, he's not the first person that I've read this from or heard this from, that he works his tail off to get better, that there is upside there and that maybe he projects – a little bit better than some other people are kind of putting him in this box.
1: Well, in a nutshell, I think what Jeff was saying was, you get a guy like Heald, you get, you know, you don't overpay for a free agent, you get better. You just get better with the eye on getting really better next year. Mm-hmm. And I know people don't want to hear that right now. Right. They don't. And that's the problem is that it's
0: that's going to be a t- it w- that's why I felt like there was that disappointment or that uh Oh, last year? No, even just now with the, with the lottery, because you're thinking one or two, one or two, you go to the commercial break, and you, you have that chance of being the one of the two pick, and you end up with three, and you're like, oh, it's disappointing. Well, no, disappointing would have been five. I mean, it is to a degree disappointing, but it could have been worse. At least you're in a position where you know what one and two are. If someone really loves Bender, Heel, Murray, whatever that guy is, You have the first option. They'll come to you and say, we want this pick.
1: See, if I'm ownership, if I'm Celtics ownership, I go down the road and start saying exactly what we were just saying, exactly what Jeff was saying. We're going to get better, but this is a process. That has not been their strength in terms of getting that message out over the last few years. No. They have made enormous mistakes of getting people all worked up. Go, Go back to last year. I mean you're getting all worked up this is going to be it. And I get it, but you you are in a position now with the PR of this team where you can sell that. You can sell that we are getting better and it's going to continue to get better and wait till next year when we're really going to get better. But I get the feeling they're not going to take that road.
0: No, and that's why I my last question there to to Jeff was does look we know Danny, they have a lot of faith in Danny ownership does and he has a lot of control, but you promise and you promise, and it doesn't happen for two straight years. Is this the year that Wick says, I don't care what you do, but you got to do something? It can't be Amir Johnson. And is that a mistake? You know, is, is going, and I'll just throw it out there because I expect him to opt out. And, you know, there was some talk about at the deadline, Dwight Howard. That's not necessarily the guy from what you understand about him that would fit into what they're trying to do here. You know what? Does ownership sit there and say, I want, I
1: want that. I know it's not something. I I know it's not fair and it's nowhere near the same player, but Dwight Howard reeks of the Dominique Wilkins acquisition of the Celtics. Yeah. It's sort of like, ah, yeah, we got this guy and and look at, we got Dwight Howard and we're going to put him on the posters and no, just keep going the way you're going. And, It'll work itself. If something happens, if you have the opportunity to get an Oka four, yep. great. Yes. Get him.
0: Absolutely. I think yeah. you, you and I, I think we're all in agreement that if that opportunity presents itself, you take that opportunity. But it was like I was saying at the beginning when we were talking about how do you go about this and what's the most logical scenario. And to me, the most logical scenario is you're you're going to end up at three. You're making that pick. Yep. So yep. then make sure you make pick the right guy and, and you go from there. But that's the sell that they have to do. With their fan base, and maybe Danny has to do it with ownership. I don't,
1: I don't know. Jeff could be jacked up now. You got to be jacked up. Uh, look, I like, I, li- I like it. I like, th- I like this stuff.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How can you not? I... Again, people want the splash, but if they, if Buddy healed is the draft pick, and Buddy comes in, and you know has a couple twenty point nights in the first three weeks of the season, four weeks of the season, oh, and then we still got the Nets pick next year, Whoa. like. And now well, that Cleveland's a year older. and
1: Here's here's also the takeaway from Jeff, because Jeff is wired in. He's wired into the Celtics. He's wired in across the board. The Marcus Smart conversation. We can talk more about the break, but Marcus Smart, what he said about Marcus Smart on a couple different levels was very, very interesting.
0: 617-779-7937. It's Bradford. It's Giardi down here at Fenway Park. You're listening to us on Weei. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.